Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? I'm doing good, but not as good as NXT on their USA debut last night. Uh, the numbers are coming in. 1.17 million viewers. You want to run that off? Maybe, what, 2 million people uh, saw NXT live on the USA Network on the uh, initial debut. Were you one of those people who were checking out NXT live last night, Graham? I was. I watched it live on USA for the first hour and then the second hour on the network, and which I guess a lot of people had issues with for whatever reason. I didn't. I didn't notice that until after the fact. I saw it all over Twitter. People were saying, oh, my network crashed. I can't log in. I can't watch NXT, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have that issue, thankfully, so I'm appreciative for that. But I did tune into NXT last night and was mm. thoroughly entertained. Okay, so from an overall standpoint, uh not counting the the uh, the hour on the network. Let's fo- let's focus on USA. So, sure. was it any big difference? Was it just the same as what they were doing on the network, but not doing it on USA? I know we had a title change with uh with Strong beating uh, my guy Velveteen Dream. So, and I I saw the um, undisputed era all I, I, you know on the top of the ramp celebrating, mm-hmm. but. Was it any, I mean, obviously you can't do a lot in one show, um, but was it any big significant changes to the program? Um, the first hour, not really, which is good because if it's not broken, why fix it? You know, right. um, I think going two hours, I was always skeptical over because again, mm-hmm. one hour show I think is perfect, but I think going live makes up for it just because, and I've said this before here on the show and I won't go on a long tangent about it, mm-hmm. but uh, I wasn't a fan of how NXT was taped before. I mean, the show was always good, but it wasn't always exactly must-see because if you wanted to see spoilers from NXT TV, they were available on Twitter, online, websites, whatever, you know, upwards of a month ago. It's like Impact. It's like Ring of Honor. They tape all their stuff within a day for the course, you know, for the next month and uh, people would tweet all about it and like, you know, the shows were good, but they weren't always like destination programming. Now it is because there's no spoilers. It's live every single week. People like a good live show. And now it's easier to check out. I mean, you have the network. I have the network. But, you know, I've said this before. I think people are more inclined to watch NXT if it's on regular old TV because people will always go to that stuff before they check out, you know, some sort of a service like WWE Network. Um, and in terms of changes made, they changed, I think, where the announcers sit and they had a weird not a weird open but like a different open with mm-hmm. Mara Ronaldo standing up and yeah, then they introduced Nigel and Beth Phoenix they had Triple H open up the show mm-hmm. obviously only for week one just to introduce the masses to NXT that haven't already you know seen the program the weekly program that is right um, but beyond that they really kind of kept it simple as they should have they kicked off the night with a match not some long promo introducing the world to NXT <laughs> champion Adam Cole like it's not Raw which again Raw and Smackdown I'm not going to be the person that says oh you know Raw and Smackdown 
much suck. NXT is so much better. Like mm-hmm. each show has their strengths, and but I'm glad they differentiated themselves from the main roster by opening up with a match, a very good match at that with the women. Um, they closed out the hour with a very good championship match. Roderick Strong, like you said, walking out the new North American champion and a great um, hook going into the second hour. They closed out that second hour with Killian Dane and Matt Riddle and a street fight. That descended into chaos. Mm-hmm. Overall, a great show, and I'm glad they didn't make too many extreme changes. You know, some of the graphics are different, camera angles, stuff like that, but nothing nothing to the point where I'm thinking, okay, Vince has his hands all over this production. Triple H made it sound like in various interviews he's done up to this point and even after the show on that conference call that Vince will have very little, if anything, to do with NXT. If he has nothing to do with NXT and they can kind of keep it going the same way they were before, mm. I think they'll be in good hands with Triple H. And they had a return in hour two on the network, Leo Rush, um... So you get a title change on hour one, uh, hour two. You get Leo Rush coming back. So I, I guess not many people knew Leo was coming back or still with the company. So I guess that was a big surprise for y'all too, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, Leo has been out, I believe, since the Raw after WrestleMania. I want to yeah. say I was at that Raw in Barclays. It was mm-hmm. the night after Mania. He was with Bobby. He didn't do anything. I think it was the night that Bobby Lashley attacked Dean Ambrose. And then I think by the next week, by the Superstar Shakeup, he was nowhere to be seen. And then that was it. And there were a lot of reports over his status with the company. And he had, you know, he had heat on him, which had been circulating for a while, a lot like Enzo Amore from a few years ago. And it sucked because, I mean, I guess the guy, I don't know if he has a bad attitude. I don't know the guy. I don't really care. But um, from an in-ring standpoint, he is very talented. And I thought he and Bobby had a good thing going. But mm-hmm. really, his place is in the ring. The guy is a great wrestler. And I thought the match he had in NXT last night with Oni Lorcan and that Cruiserweight Championship number one contenders match was the best showing he's had since he signed with WWE two years ago. And if you go back and watch old indie matches he did and, you know, on the independent scene, PWG, Ring of Honor, the guy was awesome. So I'm glad he's finally being given a chance to shine now just in NXT as opposed to on the main roster where there's really not much of a place for him anyway, at least in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are rumors that they might slowly start to integrate 205 Live the cruiserweight division into NXT mm. as we kind of saw on Wednesday, which would be interesting. And it's better than doing it as part of a SmackDown brand, just because at that point people just wouldn't care. And SmackDown has enough people they're not already doing en- doing enough with already. So um, I think kind of merging it with NXT would be the better option. But yeah, Leo Rush is back. Very happy to see him. He's a great, terrific talent and even happier to see him win as well. And that crowd is very happy to see him back too. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this. Uh, 1.179 million people watching now is that because it's the first time it's on usa is it because um there's no AEW running up against them is it more of a of a, of a overwhelming number so now when AEW starts to uh air on wednesdays should the company feel discouraged if the number goes down or like how, how you think how you think they should feel about that number right now I think that's a great first number for NXT. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, I mean, I don't think anyone's saying, oh, it should have been better. Like, obviously not. It's fucking developmental. I mean, it's a third brand really at this point. But um, at least for the first hour or the second hour, maybe it would have been lower. Maybe people would have tuned out after the title change. We won't know until the 2nd of October because NXT will have the second hour of their show airing on the network for next week as well. Mm. But um, I think it's a great number. Um, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, it's amazing, NXT, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to go too 
on, on one side or the other here. I think it's a great number. Uh, we'll see how they do next week. I do think it was the first show. Mm-hmm. So I think next week's number will be lower. I honestly think they'll settle somewhere in the range of like 800,000 viewers ultimately uh, week after week. I might be wrong with that. But between this being the first episode and there not being any other competition before AEW arrives in a few weeks – um, in two weeks, actually less than two weeks. And they're on TNT. They're on a pretty big network. It's not like it's pursuit, like impact, like where no one fucking gets the channel. Like people will be able to watch mm-hmm. AEW as much as they can watch USA. It's I think an available in the same amount as homes in the same amount of homes as TNT, if I'm not mistaken, is USA. Um, but we'll see. I think it'll go down a little bit, but honestly, all things considered, that's a great number considering a, this is, you know, technically developmental. It's a third brand, but it's not raw. It's not SmackDown. Right. They didn't advertise, you know, AJ Styles for the show or a John Cena. Like they left it up to the NXT talent. They had obviously Walter appear and people like that, but it wasn't a big household name. They left it to the NXT talent to go out there, deliver the same show they always do. And it worked out wonderfully. Um, if they can maintain that momentum is really the question here. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I think it's a very good number. And honestly, considering that Raw and SmackDown really don't do that much better than that is very impressive. Like Raw, their flagship show, I admit, correct me if I'm wrong, I think does somewhere in like the early two million numbers like i think they do 2.1 2.2 it's far from like three million which was like you know the average the worst case scenario five years ago but now it's well beyond that like the ratings get way worse every single year and smackdown is around that same number as well so nxt getting around a million views is very impressive and should be seen as a very positive sign yeah because you know what aw dynamite is coming soon yes so. that's the new name as announced today honestly yeah, it's dynamite. been rumored for so long now i'm not surprised but um you know wednesday night dynamite yeah i i don't know if they did this on purpose but like you know monday nitro whatever yeah. it's not a bad name but it's not a great name i think it's fine honestly as long as the show is good that's really all i personally care about yeah man I, you know what me and you had this conversation uh, a few weeks ago about these names i'm like who who's picking these names man i mean I, dynamite it sounds cool I guess, mm-hmm. but you know that with the, uh, w- what's the show that got coming up coming in, in November? Full Gear, terrible name, off. terrible. Full Gear. <laughs> Listen, man, Fucking I'm not. Atrocious. I'm not making fun of him. I'm not. I'm just having a good time. I really can't wait to see what they're gonna do live on TNT starting uh, next month. But Dynamite Graham, I mean, like, come on now. We we could have gotten something more creative. I mean, again, Nitro was cool at the time back in 95 but i guess it, it, it rolled off the tongue better wcw monday nitro now it's aw wednesday dynamite I, I i don't know man uh yeah again it could be worse it could be better but hey it's better than aew and tnt which is very oh, generic yeah. so very generic. Not, at least it has a name and then you know, also uh, according to Kenny Omega, the fact that you know he he sees the NXT guys as you know as developmental people, and kind of said something like I'm paraphrasing here, but like you know these guys would be in a dark match if 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 he's the main event, the guys on NXT would be in a dark match. So I guess mm-hmm. he I don't know if he thinks kind of low of those guys or maybe he's just fucking around but I, I guess a lot of people on Twitter uh, look at that as a kind of a jab you know 
Yeah, that didn't really bother me. Um, I thought it was a dumb thing to say, but, I mean, what do you expect the guy to say? I mean, he obviously wants to make headlines. He wants to get people talking about his show. I mean, people are blasting him, and to an extent, rightfully so. But, again, it's no different than Seth Rollins saying, you know, we have the best WWE is the best wrestling company in the world. What else do you expect him to say? He's not going to poop on his own company. You know, like that – I mean, I know Omega's kind of going out of his way to – you know, take a dig at NXT, but I'm sure he's friends with a lot of the people in that system. Fucking Adam Cole was part of the Bullet Club with Kenny Omega for so long. Yeah. He's very good friends with their own champion, so trust me. I don't think he's saying that stuff out of spite that he hates NXT. They almost went not to NXT, but WWE about a year ago. And if AEW didn't come around, I guarantee you, dude, they would be in WWE right now drinking that fucking Kool-Aid. So, mm. I, I understand why he said that. It doesn't really piss me off. It's, a, it, it's like Jericho saying a couple weeks ago, and he's a heel i mean he says this shit in character where he's like oh I haven't, I haven't even heard of people in nxt i haven't even heard of matt riddle or adam cole which is such bullshit you mean not you have <laughs> to know who adam cole is or johnny gargano look at me a fucking break like you had kyle o'reilly on his podcast a couple of years ago but anyway right. i mean i i really expect nothing less so that comment hardly you know made me mad or anything like that now what i also see is that um Again, going into this, you know, back and forth, you know, one-on-one thing where AEW on their show is going to have a, a match for to determine the first ever women's champion. Also, on NXT, they have this um, Candice LeRae-Shayna Baszler match for the the uh, NXT Women's Championship. So I guess, you know, they're seeing what they're doing ahead of time. And, it, hey, listen, if, if you're going to have a girls match, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have one too. So I, I guess from that point, you know, there is a kind of competition uh, between fans. It's like, all right, now I don't know if both matches are going to happen at the same time. That'd be very crazy to, to find out. But, you know, it kind of splits the hardcore audience whether I'm going to watch this AEW uh, girls match or I'm going to watch the NXT girls match, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a healthy competition. Both divisions are strong. I think NXT's is better, but I mean, again, it's it's so subjective, like who even cares, but um, AEW has a pretty solid women's division. I think that's their biggest weak point. Their biggest, uh, I think it's that we, their, their weakest um, point is their women's division, to be honest with you. They have a stacked tag team division. They have a lot of Top tier, top tier male talent from Omega, Cody Rhodes, John Moxley. The list goes on and on and on. They have, you know, Britt Baker, who I think is the closest thing to a complete star in that women's division. But I mean, she's far from the best women's wrestler in the world. I mean, the four horsewomen blow her out of the water. Um, you know, they have Nyla Rose, who's honestly not that good. But they have Rio mm-hmm. and a few other ladies. You know, they they need more talent but at least they're taking their women's division seriously which is great more than can be said for the most part on the main roster in wwe which isn't terrible it's getting back on track that you know they put the four horse women in prominent spots right now i think sasha and becky stole the show at clash of champions we'll get to that soon enough um but i think it's a good time to be a fan of women's wrestling right now because nxt mm. main roster and even aew are doing great things with their females at the moment i really wish you know aew starts off you know, you know, like back in the day, Nitro and Bischoff say, you know what? If Raw goes on at 8 o'clock, I want to go on 7.57. 
I want to get a three minute, five minute head start. Now I I don't know if those raws were taped at the time where he went on to give the the, the results away. Yeah. But something like that is a hey yeah TNT. Listen man, I want to go on seven fifty five. I, I want to get a five minute head start. Just 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 do it, and then see where the fans you know because a fan could click on TNT for five minutes, get a little comfortable and say, you know what? I don't want, I, I don't, I, I want to stay on TNT. I don't care what goes on, on, on USA. I, 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 I want to stay on TNT. So I, I don't think they'll do that. I'm just saying a, a lot of things that, a lot of things that happened back in the day, they could still do to kind of ignite a, a, a kind of competition. But again, I don't see them going on five minutes prior, three minutes prior. I don't, I, I, I expect them to go on, to go on at 8 p.m. Eastern, but little things like that kind of set things off quickly you know yeah i mean there are certain things that wcw did and even wwe that i thought were you know dumb that they shouldn't have done that i <laughs> hope the nazi recreated like bischoff like you said giving away the spoilers to raw like that shit is so petty like i don't want to see that brought back that was funny though. nor can it be brought back both shows are live now so uh, that that shit was stupid i mean that was just i, I think competition is great and I will have a tough time deciding what show I'm going to watch from week to week between NXT and AEW. Mm. But uh, stuff like that, I, I I don't need to see brought back just because it was petty then and it will be petty <laughs> now, too. I mean, listen, man, I, I, I know I asked you and I even asked Mark um, off the air about if there's any pressure on AEW during, you know, coming coming into their first show live on TV. And I'm going to ask you again until we get closer. Now, now seeing what NXT has done only, I know it's only an hour uh, until other programs uh, finish. But they get this week. They're going to get next week to see what NXT is doing. Uh, maybe pressure may may not be the right word, but is it anything like they have to be prepared for, or do you, do you feel like they can see that and be like, you know what, cool, that's what's going on over there, but we're more focused on what on what we're gonna do. I think that's the approach to take. I think, and they, they've kind of had that mindset since the start. I mean, Omega will say dumb shit like that, but I'm not really surprised. Um, I think AEW for the most part is trying to be as much of an alternative to WWE, including NXT, as much as possible. And that's the route to take. It's not about, oh, you know what? We're not sports entertainment. We're actual pro wrestling or whatever. Like, that shit's dumb. Like, stop talking about the opposition. Stop talking about the competition. Because by that point, you just come across the second rate. In WWE, the exact same thing. Like, you know, they, they it's, it's been done before. Like, with AEW, they had Sami Zayn go out and address the elephant in the room with AEW after Double or Nothing a couple months ago. Yeah. Which, it was random then. It's I still don't understand what the point of that was, even all these months later. Shit like that is just, it's just dumb, because it gives the opposition more... You know, exposure, more, more hype, more advertisement, whatever, more promotion. Um, AEW should just focus on putting together the best possible show that they can. And so far, I think they've done a great job of that, and it's been successful because all their shows so far um, have been very enjoyable. All Out, Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fall, and Double or Nothing four great shows. So hopefully, come the AEW debut on TNT next month uh, with Dynamite, they can just focus on hey. We don't care about NXT going live at the same time that we do on the same night. Let's just go out there and put on a good fucking show because the fans can see right through that and realize whether it's a genuine attempt to have a great show or if you're just trying to knock down the you know rival promotion, whatever. Right. So hopefully they can focus on being the best AEW they can be and not the best you know NXT they can be, if that makes sense. 
All right, Grant, we do have a lot more to, to, touch, to touch up on. But before that, we got Clash of Champions. That was this past Sunday. We had 11 matches on the card. I don't even recall what me and you had correct. I know we had probably half the card correct, half the card wrong. But real quick, um, Drew Gulak is still Cruiserweight Champion. AJ is still U.S. Champion. Rude and Ziggler are new Raw Tag Team Champions. Bailey is still the SmackDown Women's Champion. The Revival are the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, Alexa and Nikki Cross are still the Women's Tag Team Champions. Nakamura still Intercontinental Champion. Sasha Banks and Becky went to a, a DQ, so Becky is still the Raw Women's Champion. Kofi Kingston is still the WWE Champion, defeating Randy Orton. Rowan defeated Roman Reigns uh, with the help of with the help of Luke Harper. Uh, he returns to the fray, and Seth Rollins is still the Universal Champion defeating Braun Strowman, and then we get The Fiend and Bray Wyatt at the end. What was your major takeaway or major takeaways from Clash of Champions? Did you feel it was good, decent, underwhelming, just right, uh, better than expected, and your overall takeaways from the show? I thought it was a good show, to be honest with you. I thought it was in a, maybe not an above-average pay-per-view. I mean, I called it that in a few different places, and I, I will stand by that. I thought it was a very enjoyable event. wasn't the best pay-per-view of the year by any means. Uh-huh. But honestly, I think even putting aside how Raw and SmackDown have both improved in more ways than one over the last number of months, I think the pay-per-views don't get enough credit for being as good as they have been since, I would say, maybe even WrestleMania. I mean, Super Showdown sucked, but that was expected. You know, Mania. Money in the Bank, Stomping Grounds, Extreme Rules, even SummerSlam, I thought were all very solid two great shows featuring very few bad matches, some questionable endings. But overall, I think a lot of these shows have been very good, especially from an in-ring standpoint. Now, Clash of Champions didn't feature a ton of amazing matches, but none of them were bad. I thought it was a solid show. I walked away. I, I was left very satisfied with what I saw on Sunday. I thought the main event was way better than expected between Rollins and Strowman. I had really no expectations for that at all. I didn't think it'd be a good match, but they went out there and had a very good match. Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, ending the evening, uh, you know, setting the stage for the Hell in a Cell main event was great. Luke Harper coming back, pleasant surprise. I said earlier, uh, Becky and Sasha stole the show. Um, Bailey, you know, kind of continued her evolution as a heel, which was finally good to see because it's been so long now. Right. Um, I mean, I'll be at two weeks, but still, it was good to see. Uh, new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, a solid kickoff show. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a very good pay-per-view. Maybe nothing I'll go back and rewatch anytime soon. But for what it was, I was left satisfied with the show, and I think it continued that strong streak of uh, quality shows that WWE's put on, dating back pay-per-view-wise anyway, dating back to at least you know WrestleMania or so. So what do we do with Braun Strowman now? Every time he gets a, a major title shot um, against Seth, against Roman, against Brock Lesnar, um, he doesn't win. So I know I know it's scripted and they're making him not win, but still, it's like how can you have four or five attempts, you know, like a Samoa Joe who gets the big title shot and never wins, and you know people are gonna get these hands and you're the monster and this and that, and then they build you up and they bring you back down, and it's like all right, so now what do you well like what do you do with him now? The guy is such a loser that I can't <laughs> even jobber. bring myself to care. The jobber now. 
What'd you say? <laughs> Braun Jones, Braun's a jobber now. He's a jobber. I mean, he's not a jobber, but like when it comes to, when it comes to main event matches, he might as well be, dude. I mean, nah, he has now gone for the championship, the Universal Championship specifically, six times. I think almost every time in pay-per-view main events and has mm. lost every fucking time. I said this before, like around the time where he was made out to be a main eventer again, coming out of SummerSlam, despite the fact we not seen him on Raw for like weeks, if not months. He wasn't even at SummerSlam, yet he came out as a main event. We're supposed to take him seriously as a threat to that championship, despite the fact he has done nothing in 2019. I said this before, but like he didn't wrestle at SummerSlam. He beat Bobby Lashley at Extreme Rules. Ooh, who cares? He won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which means nothing, on the kickoff show at WrestleMania. He wasn't even at Money in the Bank. He wasn't at Stomping Grounds. He lost to Baron Corbin. Back at King of the Ring, Baron say, Corbin. King of the it, Ring, Baron Corbin. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which you got right, Randy, which we'll talk about later. I told you. Um, he lost to him many months ago back at Elimination Chamber, I think. Wasn't at Fastlane. The list goes on and on and on. The guy is a loser. He lost the championship match you know, at SummerSlam 2017. No Mercy 2017 against Roman Reigns a few times last year. Brock Lesnar multiple times. So the guy's a loser. At this point, I don't know. They brought him out there on Raw to destroy the tag team division for whatever reason. I thought that was a dumb idea. Um, but yeah, I, I, I called him the other day, WWE's biggest loser, like that show that's on TV. Mm -hmm. And he is literally and figuratively the biggest loser in WWE right now. Unless it involves the tag team championships, apparently, he can never get the job done. Now, I realize he's a former Raw tag team champion, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, you know, uh, Super Showdown, what was that fucking Battle Royal he won a year ago? The greatest Royal Rumble that's he right. won that. The briefcase, which he failed to cash in successfully. He hasn't had a bad career in WWE, but all things considered, the guy should be way more successful than he currently is, considering how over he was, you know, just a year or two ago. So I think it's very disappointing to say, um, but the guy's a loser, and I really cannot bring myself to buy into him anymore as a believable threat to that top championship. Uh, before I go to the main event of that car, we did get Luke Harper returning, and we go. You know, months ago, maybe a year ago, we thought Luke Harper wasn't going to come back. Um, kept hearing him and McMahon don't get along, and we heard he was going to leave, and maybe AEW was in the cards for Luke Harper, but lo and behold, he comes back into the fray with the, with the Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan angle, and, and that continued on SmackDown, and that, that includes Daniel Bryan, so I don't know if Daniel Bryan, uh, if they're making Daniel Bryan uh, like, like a slow turn to be a, a good guy again. We don't know. But Luke is back. Were you surprised that he returned at Clash of Champions? Yeah, absolutely. I did not see that coming. I don't think a lot of people would say. I, I, I don't think anyone who tells you that, oh, yeah, I figured Luke Harper would come back, <laughs> is a fucking liar. They're a liar because there was no shot in hell that he was coming back, but he did. Uh, there were reports even up until a couple days before the pay-per-view that Vince McMahon had no desire to bring him back um, into the fold in WWE after he was, uh, you know, more or less sent home after WrestleMania. And it's not just that he went home like Sasha Banks and he was frustrated. I mean, he is frustrated, but 
the company had nothing for them. They had, they had nothing for Luke Harper. They had nothing for the guy. So, I mean, he could have been brought back at any other point in the last six months, but they just decided not to. So it's not like, hey, they're calling him like Sasha Banks, where it's like, hey, can you come back now? We need you back, blah, blah, blah. Vince McMahon made a conscious decision to sit this guy at home because he does not like Luke Harper. So he asked for his release and they didn't give it to him. So I thought it was a waste of his talent. Why not just let the guy go at that point? But apparently not. But anyway, he finally came back on Sunday. It makes sense, too. You know, it would have been one thing for them to bring him back in a dumbass storyline like what we saw on Monday's Raw with Rusev coming back as the fucking baby daddy with Mike (laughs) Kanellis and Maria and all that other dumb Maury show shit. Um, Thank God, you know, at least Luke Harper. I mean, Rusev I gave up on a while ago, but at least Harper. Not to say that he'll be this main event talent now. But he's involved in a pretty prominent storyline on SmackDown, which is cool to say. Um, he ended SmackDown standing tall alongside Roman over Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. So that says a lot. I don't know who convinced Vince to bring this guy back, but I'm glad they did because um, he's a really good wrestler. Now, I do expect him still to leave the company when his contract expires, whenever that might be, maybe after WrestleMania next year. But at least they're using him in the meantime. Now, I'm not saying give him a championship or push him to the moon or whatever, but if you build him up enough in the next six months, it'll mean something for someone to beat him on his way out. That's my mindset with the whole thing. Sitting the guy at home, if you're not going to release him, is a complete waste and just... It's almost like bullying, so I'm glad he's back on TV in a prominent position and doing something of a note, too, because, again, it would have been very easy for them to bring him back in something you know, inconsequential on main event or something dumb like that. But, no, he's in a pretty big storyline right now, which is very surprising, and I was not expecting it. I'm glad glad it came to fruition on Sunday. Now, to your mind, is there any – what's the word? Any coincidence that – in the last month or so, you get a return from Sasha Banks, you get a return from Luke Harper, you get a return from Rusev, you get a return from Leo Rush, you get a return from Brock Lesnar. Um, is there any coincidence whether that's, you know, whether now the fact that Fox is coming along for SmackDown, AEW starting up, and, and pretty much 80% of the people I mentioned all were rumored to be leaving the company. That's Sasha, that's Rusev, Leo, Luke Harper. Any coincidence now that they all came back now? Yes, because the draft is right around the corner. Uh, they need people to fill out these rosters, so they're bringing back everybody they can. I mean, Rusev was sitting at home for months before they brought him back on Raw. AOP, not to say they were on the verge of quitting or anything like that, but... They had not been seen. I talked about it probably on the show before. They had not been seen since well before WrestleMania, like months and months and months. And out of nowhere, they decided to bring him back. I think it's because, I mean, obviously AEW is a factor too, but at this point in time, none of these people were going anywhere. And they decided to bring them back because they need people for these rosters. They're going to have go back to having unique, distinct uh, rosters, which is good. But they need people to fill out said rosters. So I think bringing back Harper was a part of that. I think bringing back Rusev was a part of that. I think bringing back AOP was a part of that. Lesnar, they only really brought back to as a big name for that Fox show, that first Fox show on Friday night in two weeks on SmackDown, uh, which is cool to see. We'll talk more about that coming up, too. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, a lot of returns this week. Leo uh, Leo Rush being another one, too, on NXT. I mean, he wasn't there to fill out a roster, but Triple H said, hey, you know what? I'll take him. If you're not going to do anything with a guy, you might as well just give him to me, and I'll do something with him on NXT, which was cool. So. 
be a lot of returns. I expect we'll see even more returns um, in the next couple months. Jeff Hardy's due back, hopefully before the end of the year. Lars Sullivan is due back at some point. Uh, Drew McIntyre should be back any day now. Um, I believe Sheamus should be back any day now. The Usos should be back any day now. There's wow. a lot of a lot, lot of, of familiar faces you will see. Um, I, I guarantee you, there's a lot of familiar faces you will see resurface in the next. I would say two or three weeks with the draft right around the corner. When does Jinder come back? God, I didn't even mention him because he's so irrelevant. I don't even give oh, a shit. Come on, man. Who cares? Hopefully, he never comes back, but we know he will because he recently resigned to the company, unfortunately. Hopefully, he just gets drafted a main event so I never have to see him again. Hey, man, just know that when you look, whenever you look up Jinder Mahal on, on Wikipedia, it says former WWE champion. You know what? Honestly, I am happy they have kept the championship on Kofi for this long. Uh, you know, even if he drops it in two weeks on that Friday night SmackDown on Fox. Honestly, as long as he holds it longer than Jinder, that's all I'm happy with. The fact that Jinder was not only a former WWE champion, but the fact that he held it for six fucking months is unbelievable. But at least Kofi can say he held the championship longer mm. than Jinder Mahal. So there is something to that. Well, let's talk about Smack, uh, Smack, SmackDown on Fox. Uh, matter of fact, before that, the draft, you mentioned round one. or uh, uh, Yeah, round one of the draft will be on SmackDown on October 11th. And they go with round two on Raw Monday, October 14th. So SmackDown on Fox gets the first round. Obviously, you know, uh, plenty of big names are going to be on that show along with Raw. So the draft will be two nights. That'll be very interesting to see how they go about it. We kept hearing that they, they want to have like an NFL kind of style draft. So we'll see. Now Fox... Real quick, were you shocked that Brock showed up on Tuesday? Um, yeah, uh, on on SmackDown. Yeah, I was. I was. That was another return I was not expecting, but it made for a great moment. It popped me, and um, it's cool to see Lesnar. I would assume be a part of the SmackDown brand, which he has not been a part of now since he left the first time. You know, over. 15 years ago he was a part of smackdown actually longer than he was a part of raw initially because he debuted in 02 he was drafted a smackdowner and then moved over to the blue brand right. within months right after SummerSlam, right after he won the championship and a lot of people forget that he is a smackdown guy at heart even though he's been a part of raw since he came back to the company years ago mm-hmm. um I, I thought they would put him on smackdown back in 2016 when they did the first brand split dur- during the first draft but they didn't um i think you know, better late than ever, and he has a lot of fresh competition. I mean, obviously the rosters will look a lot different in a couple of weeks, but I think SmackDown's the right home for him because he has felt so stagnant now on Raw for so long. I mean, they're really just kind of doing the same thing they were doing before with him, except with a different championship. And it's amazing now to think that he's won more world championships. Um in the time that he's been back with WWE, then he did the first time that he was with the company 10 years ago, which is unbelievable that he's now a four-time champion since 2012, as opposed to a three-time champion the decade ago. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I was not expecting it. Came off great in Lesnar and Kofi, regardless of what you think the outcome is going to be or whatever you think the outcome or whatever you want the outcome to be. Um, that's a big, big attraction for that first show on Fox because Lesnar has not wrestled on WWE TV since March of 04 when he beat Hardcore Holly. So Hardcore it's a big night for SmackDown. I'm looking forward to it. Hardcore Holly, the future that's, Hall of Famer because everyone goes right. into the Hall of Fame eventually. Yeah, uh, formerly known as Bob Sparkplug Holly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Forgot Bob about those days. Sparkplug Holly. Um, so you mentioned regardless of who wins. 
Brock or Kofi is a pretty big match. Um, which way should they go? So now you you have a different you have a, a, a plenty to, to to talk about where Brock, former UFC guy, comes to Fox and and uh, Fox was with UFC and they left them. So there is some kind of history behind that first show for the for for the title. Should Brock go over? Should Kofi somehow keep the belt? Uh, because a lot of fans are like, all right, here we go again. Kofi Kingston has two weeks left remaining to be world champion. We're going to get Brock, and he's going to have the belt to Mania and not, not show up. Um, but is there any indication that Kofi could keep the belt? I mean... Yeah, there's always the chance that someone interferes. I mean, obviously, he's not beating Brock, nor should he. I mean, that's just the joke. It's Kofi Kingston, like Rollins beating Brock or Roman. That's fine. Kofi, give me a fucking break. I think Brock's winning, as he probably should. Not to say that I've soured on Kofi's reign. I'm one of the few people who still says he's had a great reign so far. I mean, despite the fact his pay-per-view matches have really been underwhelming for the most part he has not had many great title defenses on pay-per-view but wwe to their credit for all the shit that people give this company for not creating new stars they have done everything in their power to make you believe that kofi kingston is a main event player and to that i applaud them because the guy deserves the opportunity he's over he's good in the ring he's great on the mic i think it's been a very uh great reign all things considered for kofi kingston it's been one of the bright spots of smackdown for months now um, but I do think it's time for it to come to an end. And now I said a couple weeks ago, I thought Orton would win at Clash of Champions. That was my pick. Obviously didn't happen. I thought Kofi would get the belt back at Hell in the Cell. And then Big E would turn heel. And that would be the person to either take the championship off of Kofi or at least feud with him for the foreseeable future going into the fall. Again, obviously that didn't happen. But there is one way to get two things here, to get both of those things happening. Um, if you want to protect Kofi and defeat... Now, I don't want to have Kofi go in there and just get squashed. Just get squashed by Brock. Like, I don't really want to see that. I know what happened before on that Beast in the East special years ago. But that was when the New Day were just another tag team. Like, they weren't as big as they are now. And Kofi hadn't been champion for six months. Um, either Kofi looks good in defeat via a competitive matchup or... You have Kofi, maybe not come close to beating Brock, but while Kofi is on offense, that's when you pull the trigger and have Big E turn on Kofi. Because no one would expect it. That gives Kofi something to do. Um, if Kofi's not going back for the championship anytime soon, which I imagine once he drops the championship, he won't be getting it back. So you get Kofi and Big E going into the fall. Big feud. Nothing on the line, but there's enough history there where it doesn't matter if there's a championship on the line or not. Mm -hmm. But really what's riding on that is more than just booking shit because you know they're, they're a big, popular group. They print a lot of merchandise money for this company with shirts, cereal, books, all that other type of stuff. So there's a lot more that goes into that decision than just, oh, it's right for SmackDown. Or it's right for Kofi. It's right for the booking, whatever. Mm. Like, I don't know if they would actually pull that trigger right now, if ever. But that, that's what I would do um, if Brock was to become champion. So Kofi just doesn't lose the championship and go back to being a fucking, you know, mid-card. Or at least he's still a top-tier talent feuding with someone that he knows and they can have great matches and where does Xavier Woods factor into that? I think it would be cool. Um, but I do think Brock's winning. Where you go from there, I don't really know. I do think it'll be another one of those things, as it has been for years now. 
where he'll hold the championship till Mania. Who you have him take the who you have take the championship from him at that point, I don't know. And anything can change between now and Mania too. Becky got hot within, you know, weeks. So again, people can get hot very quickly. Um, I would have said Bray Wyatt, but obviously he's over on Raw doing his thing. I don't know about Aleister Black, but mm. you know there's there's Kevin Owens. People have seen I, I've seen that suggested. I don't know if Owens and Lesnar is as much of a marquee match as it would have been a few years ago, considering the bad booking that Owens has endured in recent years. But there's a few different options. Either way, though, I think Lesnar being on SmackDown is a big plus for that show, even if he's not around. And hopefully coming out of the draft, they have a strong enough roster where it doesn't really matter that he's not around, that he's not an absentee champion. I don't want to see it happen, Mm. but I think Lesnar becoming champion is more intriguing, honestly, than Kofi holding on to it. Well, KO just, you know, sued uh, Shane for $25 million, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing that right now, so yeah. I'm not sure how much of a threat he yeah. feels like at the yeah. moment. Good luck to Kevin Owens at getting $25 mil. Um yeah. <laughs> So, I guess they're gearing up for Brock and Bray at Survivor Series for the last couple of years. They've had the the champions on the respective brands go at it, so we, we, we did see uh, Brock and AJ... We did see Brock and Daniel Bryan. And now, again, Brock might be in line to be that champion uh, at Survivor Series. And right now, a lot of fans are gearing up to see him and him and Bray uh, lock up at Survivor Series. Is that what you see? Is that what you hear as well? And in the event that does happen. Um, Honestly, I, w- I was not even thinking about that. That is a great idea. Um, I... I'm so like, there's so much going on right now with Raw, SmackDown, the draft, mm-hmm. NXT. I wasn't even thinking ahead of Survivor Series and what we might get to that show with the Champions versus Championship. Right. But again, like I said earlier, so much can change in such a short period of time that they could have completely different champions at that point. They could have, you know, Kofi could, you know, either retain the title or. Brock loses it to somebody, which I don't think he will. What's the point of that point if he just holds it for a month? Which I guess he did, you know, this summer with Rollins, but that was a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess we would be getting Brock and Bray. And I said this in an article for DailyDDT.com a few weeks ago that I think that has become, in my opinion, a dream match. Now, I would not have said that a few years ago just because Bray had been so fucking heavily damaged. And we've talked about this here on the show before. I know you're a big Bray Wyatt fan, Randy. But I've said time and time again, the guy was booked like a loser, like Braun Strowman, for so many years that it was hard to take him seriously against anybody. But because of how he's really rehabbed his character with the Fiend thing and the Firefly Funhouse, he feels like he would be on Brock's level. And Brock isn't the same invincible monster that he would have been, you know, a few years ago when he went undefeated after snapping the streak of The Undertaker. He's since been beaten by Goldberg, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins twice, yeah. you know? So he's not, he is vulnerable. I don't want to see Brock lose every match that he's a part of going forward. I don't, I'm not saying that. But it's interesting because I don't know what they would do for that. If they do book... Brock and Bray, which I do honestly want to see at some point, or rather specifically the Fiend versus Brock Lesnar. Who do you have win? Because I would love to see the Fiend win. I don't know if it's realistic, though. I think I think it's realistic, but would they actually put Brock over Bray is my question. I would say probably not, 
But the company knows what they have with The Fiend, and to have him lose so soon to Brock Lesnar, of all people, would be stupid. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's a match I want to see, but I'm kind of scared because I feel like they would fuck it up. I don't know. I guess we'll worry about that come Survivor Series. But honestly, I'd be even better off with them doing away with the whole Raw versus SmackDown nonsense anyway. Like, if they're so adamant about this brand split being brought back, then do away with the whole brand supremacy shit, which has never meant anything. Raw got the clean sweep over SmackDown last year, which led nowhere, amounted to nothing. And it's just, I mean, it, it's sometimes a good show, but, you know, for the last couple of years, it hasn't made Survivor Series that much more important. And I, I don't know, I really, I don't want to see another, oh, Raw invasion on SmackDown or vice versa. Like, we've seen that for so long now. We've seen it for so many years. It doesn't even really mean much anymore. So I would I would honestly be better off with them doing away with all that shit altogether. But I do expect, based off the advertising I've seen for the show so far, they will continue on with the Raw versus SmackDown shit. And probably... Based off what we see in the weeks and months to come, we will see Brock and Bray at Survivor Series one on one for the first time ever. Yeah, I think it's um they, they they're gonna put themselves in, in in a weird spot where in the event Brock beats Kofi um, next month on Fox. Now he he would have the belt for at least a month, month and a half. So so would Bray. But then, like you mentioned, if Brock's the main guy on SmackDown, Bray's the main guy on Raw. And you put them head to head again, non-title. But then you don't want to put Bray in a spot where he loses to Brock. And then you don't want to put Brock in that spot either. So it's like, yeah, if we're gonna do this, obviously the finish can't really happen. Somebody's got to come in, interfere, or it, it just goes to a no contest kind of way. I, I really don't know how they would do it. You won't do a cage kind of match, you know they already have it at, at Hell in a Cell, so you don't want to you, you don't want to be redundant with that. Um, I, but the thing is, uh, fans are really on my timeline, really going two months ahead. Like, hey, you know it's going to be Brock and Bray, but they're not thinking about all right, who wins? And then it's like, how do you get there? Who wins? Who gets over? Who should win? Uh, but they, I think. This is only contingent if Kofi does not win uh, against Brock. So, again, it could be Bray and Kofi. We have no idea. But, you know, if Kofi does win against Brock, you know, clean one, two, three, whatever, you know, it is, would that be a bad thing for the company to bring Brock back for the initial uh, debut of SmackDown on Fox? I mean... Because, I'm not you know, sure. Real, real Honestly, quick, I don't know quick, how to answer quick, that accurately. Quick, what, what, the, what was that? I said real quick before you know because you said earlier, in a if this if this was if this was real life, Kofi yeah. and Brock, yeah. Brock would beat the shit out of Kofi Kingston. Oh, hundred percent. So, yeah. but now, you know, if Brock can't be Seth Rollins, many fans are like, you know what. Kofi can bring could be Brock now. I I I don't see that. And for your debut. Um, episode on on a brand new channel to 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 the masses more more often and you have your 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 biggest superstar out there losing on 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 the debut show Mm -hmm. that's why i feel like brock is gonna win but again you never know they might swerve everybody and fucking kofi win i mean they could but via pinfall i doubt it i I mean but the thing is though the thing is though dude if you have him beat brock which won't happen anyway but if they have him beat brock who else is there i mean there's literally you can't go anywhere else but down 
Because there's no one if, – if Kofi Kingston can beat Brock Lesnar, he might as well just retire because you can't really – I mean, I guess you could say the same thing for Seth Rollins who beat Brock twice now. So it's not realistic for Rollins to lose to anybody except for probably The Fiend, which is what I'm glad they're doing. But um, still, I don't uh, I don't know. With Kofi though, I mean, aside from maybe Big E, but even then that wouldn't be realistic if he beats Brock and then loses to Big E. I, I don't really know, but I think Brock has to win. I feel like that's the only outcome that makes sense. Unless, mm-hmm. unless, unless during the match they have someone interfere that beats the shit out of Brock and they kick that off as like a feud going into Survivor. Like if they had Wyatt interfere which would make no sense unless they're setting up a brock and bray match even though he's currently you know feuding with rollins i guess they could do that but you know he's going to be on raw i would assume going forward but anyway hmm. if it's not Bray, i don't know who else you do um alistair black maybe like i don't know uh, who who could interfere in a match with kofi and brock that could set forth a new feud for with brock lesnar i honestly couldn't tell you because no one else really feels like a legit threat to brock lesnar right now but that is one idea if they find the right person to do it I mean, do you think they'll do that kind of finish on the first episode on Fox? Like, where you know, you don't get a clear winner? I mean, I they, dude, it's WWE. I mean, they'll do anything they True. want. True. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it at all. But still, um, yeah. yeah, I I hope they don't. I think the non-finishes are dumb, especially in such a special occasion. But um, I don't think they will. But again, I would not put anything past this company. No, you're right. Uh, you make a valid point. Like, you know, if Kofi beats Brock, he might as well just hang it up because he beat, he beat <laughs> everybody. He beat Orton many times. Kevin Kevin Owens. Uh, I really don't know who else is, is on SmackDown right now. But that's why I think all signs point to Brock uh, winning. Uh, not knowing how long he'll have the belt for, that is a whole different kind of uh, question. I think he'll he'll would, uh remain on SmackDown, which I think would be good for him because he's been on Raw for quite quite too long. Uh, but either way, I'm looking forward to it, kind of seeing how that whole show pans out. And I think the draft is the draft will be after that, so the roster will, will definitely look different. What else we got here? Uh, Baron Corbin, King of the Ring. I told you that a few weeks ago you had, you know, I, I think he was one of your – people to, to win i think drew mcintyre was um one of your people you you, you even had andrade winning you had yeah. cedric you had chad gable you had everybody uh in line ahead of baron corbin i told you that the fact that the king of the ring gimmick um fits a heel better than, than uh, a, a a good guy and baron corbin is quite possibly the best heel in the company now because of the in-ring work on the, on the microphone work um just being an asshole just being so that's the kind of person you need to be king of the ring not not for the the in-ring work i know i know a lot of fans are more like you know baron Corbin is is not the best wrestler in the world i i, I never said he was but as far as the character development for when he came there to now it is a total 360 um continues to have good to great matches as time goes on and seeing him be the king of the ring i think it is a cool idea they had the coronation thing on on smackdown on tuesday i think him and gable are are gonna uh keep further in their feud so i I, i'm glad corbin won i think i think the right guy won what do you think yeah i think the right guy won here i mean i love gable and i really wanted him to win 
But honestly, in retrospect, I don't really as much. I don't really have as much of a problem with Corbin winning as they would have a couple weeks ago, just because I think this can be a real launching pad. This can be a real turning point for Baron Corbin, who has come across great in this King of the Ring tournament. I mean, he's won every match, dude, in this tournament clean. He beat The Miz clean, beat Alexander clean, Ricochet and Joe in that triple threat clean, and then Chad Gable again clean with a fantastic finish too and that match I don't care what anyone says I don't care if you're pissed or happy or whatever that Corbin went on Sunday or rather Monday during Raw to become King of the Ring that match was great that might have been the best Baron Corbin match I have seen one of the best Baron Corbin matches I have ever seen NXT main roster whatever that was a great match I don't know where this Corbin was during the feud of the Rollins but he is really showed up during this Mm -hmm. King of the Ring tournament Um, and honestly if they book this the right way he can become a real star coming out of this and i know he's kind of already a star he's a former u.s champion raw gm um you know andre the giant memorial battle royal winner whatever a retired kurt angle um money in the bank winner all this other shit and now king of the ring but like i've always thought dating back a few years he could be a real main event player if booked the right way somewhere along the way i think i've said this before probably when he failed to cash in the money in the bank two Mm. years ago in that embarrassing match with gender that was really where they went wrong with him and that's where not where i started the sour on him but i noticed that they're booking him like a coward they're booking him like a pussy character like it's just sad to see because i know he's so much more he's capable of so much more if you go back and watch his nxt work his early main roster work where he feuded with um, you know, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Kalisto, Apollo Crews, Jack Swagger. He had good matches with all of those people. And then somewhere again, probably the Money in the Bank cash and they fucked it up his character. Um, and even the Constable Corbin shit was terrible. But again, if they ditch the King crap, not the King of the Ring name, but like the crown, the scepter, the cape, which they did on SmackDown. Yeah. Chad Gable destroyed all of that, which was good. I'm glad they did that. And I think he can really benefit from being king of the ring if booked the right way. I don't want to see Corbin going back to where he was before as just another fucking mid Carter, like Elias or some shit. Like, for the first time in a long time, I really want to see the crown used to elevate someone like Booker, you know, a decade and a half ago when he became world champion for the first time in WWE. So that's what I would like to see coming out of uh, King Corbin going forward. And even Chad Gable can benefit because he looked great in that match on Monday and just as good in that segment on Tuesday during SmackDown. So it's a fun feud to have. I'm sure a rematch is only inevitable. And I think both guys will benefit from working with one another. Um got a few more things to bring up so when it comes to fox we know they're gonna do it on um on the fourth but prior to that on friday the 27th they're gonna do a smackdown's greatest hits episode with charlotte and the miz i think that might be an hour then you uh sunday the 29th john cena narrates uh wrestlemania's legendary moments I think it's uh, sometime in the afternoon during the football game. So they're they're, they're doing little things here and there to lead you up to uh, October 4th. And then they would do a kickoff show at 7.30 with past and present superstars kicking off the new era of WWE on Fox. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I guess Fox is all in. I think they're doing uh, doing what they can to get as many people as possible to to watch the show. Um, 
also did see there is going to be a new FS1 show with Renee Young. And correct me if I'm wrong, they got uh, Kathy Kelly involved as well. Um, you can double check that, but I saw it just maybe like an like a, like an hour ago. So that might be, well, that, that's going to be an FS1. I don't know what day, don't know what time, but that's going to be, that's in the works. I did want to mention that. What else we got here? Um, a possible new Raw SmackDown announced team. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Raw might be getting Vic Joseph and... Who's this guy? Dio Madden. I have no idea who Dio Madden is, but you you probably would. Dio um, Madden. Yeah, he's from NXT. He actually used to be in the NFL. I forgot what his name was, but maybe if you looked him up, I you might know who he is. I don't know if he's anyone important in football, but he he has a football background. Mm. Has been with WWE NXT for a while now. Right. And he, he has yet to wrestle. I think Brendan Williams is his name. Um, I think. He has been with NXT for a while. I don't think he's ever appeared on NXT TV, but they needed a commentator for uh, for 205 Live with Nigel doing now NXT full time. So they called him up, and he's doing main event and um and uh, NX, or, uh, 205 Live and main event now. And he's been decent. I don't know if he's the lead announcer of Raw material, but he's been mm. good so far. I mean, I was gonna ask you. You know, we go from Lawler to Jerry um, to Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross, to Michael Cole, all these guys, Coach and Heyman and this and that, and now you get Vic Joseph and Dio Madden on Monday Night Raw, like to the outside world, they like, who the fuck are these guys on the inside yeah. world? Yeah, Vic and yeah, Dio. I don't know who Dio Madden is. I might have heard of his voice. While watching two, uh, 205 or, or, or NXT, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, when it comes to Raw and then you're hearing Vic and uh, Dio Madden, if this is 100% legit, uh, like, are you okay with that? Does it really matter who's announcing at this point? Or I, I don't know, because now it, it might be Michael Cole and Corey Graves on SmackDown. I could, I could be wrong about that, but I think Cole and Corey are, are going to be on SmackDown. So, obviously, Fox involved, they want the bigger names, the bigger announcers on that show. I get it. But now, Raw, the flagship of the company, is getting two kind of brand new guys to the newer two, to the mass audience. What do you make of that? <sighs> I'm not sure. I think Dio Madden is, is a stretch. It's only a rumor. So, I mean take it for what it's worth. Vic Joseph, though, I think is a good pick mm. to be the new lead announcer of Raw, just because he was on Raw a few weeks ago, if you can recall. He replaced Jerry or something when he got... I don't know. I think Corey wasn't there, and then Jerry was there, and then he got attacked by the Fiend, so Vic Joseph was on Raw. He did well. Um, he's been great on 205 Live for the past year or two now. Um, he's really good. He's really good. So Vic Joseph, I think, can be a, a suitable replacement for Michael Cole on Raw, and it's time to move on. Michael Cole's been the face of... or rather, the voice of Raw. God forbid the face, but the voice <laughs> of Raw for over a decade now. It's time to move on. If they really want to have a new era in WWE, mm-hmm. either put the guy in SmackDown or honestly take him off altogether. And Michael Cole isn't terrible, not as bad as many people make him out to be, but we have to move on from this Michael Cole era on commentary. He's been on commentary for WWE longer than probably anybody. Um, he was on commentary dating back to the early days of SmackDown in 99. That's 20 years ago. Yeah. That's longer than anyone, including Jim <laughs> Ross, JR, consistently. Yeah. You know, yeah, more than JR or anybody ever. 
that's impressive. So good for him for the longevity, but it's time to move on. Vic Joseph is really good. Um, I would have Vic Joseph on Raw. Don't know who you have him call it with, with a color guy. I think they should go back to the two people booths. Um, Tom Phillips would be cool, but he's a play-by-play guy, so I don't know what you do with him. Renee Young is an option, but I think she might be better off doing the FS1 show, so probably not. SmackDown, I've heard, could be Michael Cole and uh, could be Cole and Graves. Um, yeah. And again, I would take Cole off altogether, but Graves on SmackDown, <laughs> I like. Um, I like Graves on SmackDown and him and either, I don't know, again, Tom Phillips might be the best pick. And then I guess that would be Vic Joseph and Byron Saxton on Raw, which is kind of a weird, mm. you know, combination. I don't know what they do, but I don't think Renee right. Young needs to be on Raw anymore or SmackDown. She's not a great commentator. She's more, she's better as a host. Like for that FS1 show, that show was made for her. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what you do with Phillips. Cole, I would take off altogether, like I said. Don't know about Dio just yet. The guy just debuted on commentary. That'd be too much too soon for him. Unless he really knocks it out of the park, I just don't imagine that he would. Um, there, there's really not many anyone else. Morrow, Beth, and Nigel are staying where they are on NXT. So I don't know. That might be what the commentary teams are looking like come the reemergence of the brand split in a few weeks. But now, would the FS1 show be called Talking Smack? Would they bring that back, or do you think do you think they bring on a whole brand new name? No. Yeah, they're going to be bringing on a whole new name. I think I heard it rumored the other day. I forgot what it was called it might honestly just be called wwe on fs1 something along those lines yeah. it was something really generic but they're not bringing back talking smack which i mean it would be cool if they did because it was a great name but at the same time it kind of feels kind of feels um specific to smackdown so i don't know if i would do True. that True. but ho- hopefully it carries a similar format to talking smack which was a great fucking show um, I loved Talking Smack, as did many other people. So hopefully if they bring back Renee in that role and, uh, you know, maybe not Daniel Bryan again, which was great back in 2016 when he wasn't wrestling and he just didn't give a shit. I don't know who else he would put in that spot. I heard maybe Booker T. Uh-huh. Eh, I don't really know. I don't really care about that, but whatever. Uh, Renee Young, though, I think is perfect for that show. She is tailor-made for a talk show on WWE. Uh, two more. We are going to get Sasha and Becky in Hell in a Cell, and we're going to get Bray and Seth in Hell in a Cell in about, what, maybe two, two, uh, two and a half weeks. Uh, Sasha and Becky for the Raw Women's title, Bray and Seth for the Universal title. So both, match, both matches will be in Hell in a Cell. Um, I think those two matches should be the only two matches in the Cell, but knowing them, they might add a third one. Um because that's just what they do. So, um, this should be. I think Bray's gonna win. There's, there's no, there's no way he he goes in there and then loses. There's no fucking way. Um, no, he can't. Now with Sasha and Becky, um, I thought Sasha should have won a clash, but I, I get they, you know, I get the extension into hell uh, in a cell, which is cool, but. I think that I think that's it for Becky. I think you know she's. I think she'll be better off you know in 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 chase mode at the Sasha. Um, but I think Sasha should win the belt. What do you think? Yeah, I think she should. I'm surprised she didn't win at the pay per view on Sunday. But yeah. they're probably holding off, which is fine. Um, so yeah, I would do the change at Al in the Cell. 
and then uh, move on from there. Put Becky back in chase mode, which is, which is I think, where she really shines. Um, and I'm glad it's inside the cell. The only other match I would have put inside the cell was Kofi and Orton, but they're not doing that, obviously, uh, which makes sense with the Brock match on SmackDown two days before. So, yeah, Sasha, Becky, uh, Rollins, and The Fiend. It looks like a good card on paper so far. And both matches... You know, surprise, surprise, belong inside the structure. There's a lot of times where they just put random matches inside Hell in a Cell that don't belong inside Hell in a Cell. But these two do, and they should be... I mean, Rollins and Wyatt is kind of random, but in terms of, like, it's not a long-running rivalry or anything like that. It's just that The Fiend is, is a Hell in a Cell type of character. character yeah. Like Mankind, you know? So mm-hmm. I, that that's the one instance where I can kind of excuse it. But, uh, you know, I think Sasha should win there. And to kind of make up her, from her loss, make up for her loss inside the Cell three years ago, right. when she lost to Charlotte, and then have, uh, you know, Wyatt win as well to become the new Universal Champion. Uh, last, po- uh, last point, since you did mention Mankind, I uh, had it right in front of me. Um, we are taping this on the 19th of September, so the anniversary for In Your House Mind Games is three days from now, September 22nd. Um, again, it is a In Your House show. Uh, many or quite a few would put this In Your House in, in, in the top five, seven kind of area. As far as the main event goes, it, it, it definitely is up there as far as in your house great main events um for those of you who don't know the card or haven't seen it or grant if you have not seen the card um in quite some time we did have jake roberts defeat triple h so triple h has been here since the uh, oh god man long uh <laughs> farouk defeated mark merrow psycho sid defeated vader um salvio vega defeated Mar- marty Janetti. And then Savio defeated Justin Justin Bradshaw. Jose Lothario defeated Jim Cornette. Wow, this is in your house. Owen Hart and the Bulldog defeated the Smoking Guns. Mark Henry defeated Jerry Lawler. The Undertaker defeated Goldust. And Shawn Michaels defeated Mankind uh, for the world title in the... What the a half hour um so those of you who, who don't know the car go check out sean and, and mankind i think that's one of the best in your house made events that they've had um the question i do have for you is that we see bray now we see seth now and we saw sean and mankind 23 years ago at mind games um is there any kind of correlation, any kind of resemblance to Sean and, and Mankind with what you see now with Bray and Seth? Like, is Seth and, Ma- and, Seth and Bray Wyatt Sean Mankind 2.0 from Mind Games 23 years ago? You know, I didn't really think about that, but there can be some similarities between the two. Not exactly, but like... You know, Rollins is no Shawn Michaels, but there were similarities between the two a couple of years ago. At least in 2015, a lot of people were calling Rollins the modern-day Shawn Michaels. Not in the sense that he's, like, the greatest entering performer of all time, like Michaels is highly regarded as. 
but in the sense that he was the best wrestler on the roster back in 2015. I think AJ has since surpassed him in that respect. But anyway, um, Rollins is the closest thing we have right now, aside from AJ, to a Shawn Michaels in terms of him, you know, being a perennial main event player, having a long run on top over the course of 2019, like Michaels did back in 96. Um, you know, he had a lot of great matches on pay-per-view. I mean, way more than Rollins. You know, a couple of years ago, or rather this year, you know, Michaels did back in 1996. Great pay-per-view matches with Diesel, Mankind, um, a lot of different people. Psycho said at Survivor Series that year. Mm. Uh, Bret Hart, obviously, back at WrestleMania when he won the championship. Right. Rollins, not the exact same story, but he can go in the ring like Michaels. Mankind, a lot like Bray Wyatt in many ways now with the mask, the build-up, the mystique, the mandible claw. So uh, that match will never be replicated. That match was amazing. Probably the greatest match in WWE history to end on a DQ, um, which is amazing because usually DQ finishes in the main event of pay-per-view. I would roll my eyes, but that match was so good. I don't think many people really cared, especially back then. Um, Again, I don't think Rollins and Wyatt will be Michaels and Mankind, but on paper, there's a lot of similarities, and hopefully they do have similar success inside the cell uh, come hell in the cell next month. Grant Matthews, great job with Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at Russell Rant. Um, I know we'll have more to talk about next week, and we're on the road to Hell in a Cell. I think we're about two weeks away, right? Yeah, Something like I think that, right? Week, uh, week and a half? Yeah, two weeks from Sunday, and then the Fox show is on Friday and two mm. weeks from tomorrow. So there's a lot to look forward to right now. Yeah, man, Fox, we got Dynamite coming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dynamite in less than two Uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a very busy week that week between AEW Wednesday, SmackDown Friday, and then the pay-per-view that Sunday. Should be fun, man. Uh, Should be fun. I I think, I mean, real quick, last question. When they debut on Fox, what is the... You know, for you, like, uh, or for the company, what is the overwhelming number? Like a realistic overwhelming number, and a realistic number where they could be comfortable at on Fox uh, for for show for uh, for show number one. Like, if they come uh, back and they say, "Oh, this uh, we got three three point five million, are they like, yeah, great, or more like, hmm, we should have got more." Hmm. Um. It's not for me to say just because I don't know how much how many viewers they normally do on Fox. I'm not really I don't really know too much about that. I don't really know how many viewers SmackDown does from week to week. I stopped paying attention to that show years ago. <laughs> uh, I just know the numbers aren't great. Honestly, as long as it's better or honestly, let's I'll, I'll say even say this. As long as they're in line with what they're doing currently, if not better, I think that's what they should be looking for. Obviously, it should be a better number just because it is a bigger network than USA. Then again, though, you also have to take under consideration that, um, you know, it's a Friday night. I don't know if that's a better. I don't yeah. think I think it's a worse night for wrestling than Tuesday. At least it's live, though. They're going to have a lot of shit on that show with appearances and title matches and stuff like that. So um, it will be a big show. I think the number will be big for the first week. If it's not an impressive number on week one, they have a reason to be worried. I'll tell you that much right now. They should be very scared. If that first show does not perform well with as much shit as they're going to have on it, is is not great. 
is absolutely not great. So hopefully it will be better than what they're doing currently, which isn't terrible because it's kind of in line with what Raw's doing, which was never the case before. But SmackDown's improved and Raw's only gotten worse. Um, so we'll see. But I'm, I'm not sure. Hopefully the number is better than what they're doing right now, though. Yeah, that, that's why I say if they get a 3, a 3-5, three, I'll be shocked if they get a four. But again, yeah, no way. No I'm just chance saying Foxes, again, I think what hurts them is it is a Friday night. Uh, I think I think, I think think that's the only thing that, uh, that could hurt them. Friday night, what could help them is the fact that it, it, it is a new day, a new network. Um, but now if you're just coming on Fox and you got the same set and the same this and the same that, then it's like, all right, what the fuck are we really changing with the, the theme, the, the theme music? Like, no, you got to change the ramp, the set, yeah. the this, the that to make it look like, all right, now this, this is a whole new ball game. But if they get a three, because you know, raw SmackDown right now, gets like 1.89221 in that, in that range. If they get a three at three, five, I think that they'll be very happy, but they got to know that, that's only show one and they got to, you know, progress from that. Yeah, exactly. I would hope they can only improve on the current numbers and not go backwards. Cause if that's the case, they are fucked. <laughs> you know, it's funny real quick, man. You know, you said Sean and mankind is the greatest match of all time. That, <laughs> that ended in a fucking DQ. Yeah. I, I stand by right. that. You're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. Uh, crazy, crazy. When, when was the last time you saw uh, that in your house? Ah, uh, a few years. It's uh, not any time recently, <laughs> but uh, it's a great match, though. Definitely worth rewatching for anyone who hasn't either seen it in a while or hasn't seen it at all. Definitely, man. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Wrestle Rant on Twitter. Thank you, man. Thank you, Randy. As always, I'll talk to you next week. I right, man. Appreciate it. All right, adios. All right, take it easy.